This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. Though the prophecies have been written, they can be altered. Brander returns. Man, oh this, guy, this guy, this <laughs> guy. How evil do you have oh to be? Oh, my God. The truth. They told me his name was Poudier. <gasps> I am giving you the gift of knowledge. The lies. Better to say nothing right now because I don't want her to, like, kill me or go away. A look of horror crosses Sir Will's face. What? What, what the f- in a finale so shocking. That was the beginning? <laughs> oh my god. The heroes could never be the same. Oh my god! Oh wow! Oh, oh, the adventure continues. I have no problems destroying you if I must. Right now. is going on GCP Nation. It's your old pal, your old buddy Troy. I don't know why I always say that. It's just it's just connected with me now. I'm your old buddy even though we haven't met. Although I feel like I've met a lot of you at this point and I'll hopefully meet a lot of you in years to come before my untimely death at the tender age of 42 in a murder suicide. With Joe O'Brien. You know, I've mentioned this before in intros, in Twitches, on Facebook Lives, in person, that all I want to do is be able to write, direct, produce, and act in my own TV series. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do more than anything in the world. And one of the many reasons for that is that I just love the idea of being able to tell a story and get people captivated for a long period of time and the ups and downs of a bunch of different characters and do crazy reveals and whatnot. And one of the best parts of these great TV shows, you're lost, like we always mention, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, and all that great stuff, Sopranos, is the season finale. Nobody loves a season finale better than your old buddy Troy. And what makes a great season finale, I think, is an episode that answers a lot of questions and then asks just as many. That's what you want. You want like a little bit of like, ah, ah, now I see, and then like, what does that mean? And I think... That's what we've done with today's episode. I don't want to say much more than that. It has been a pleasure playing all of book three with you guys. Because, let's be honest, we're playing as a group of much more than five at this point. We're playing with groups of thousands. Because all of you guys are in this story as much as Joe, Matthew, Grant, Skid, and myself. So please enjoy the culmination of months of storytelling with episode 131 Give and let die. Or, to put it more simply, When you were young and your heart was an open book, You used to say, give and let give. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But if this ever-changing world in which we live in Makes you give in and cry... Pum, pum, pum. Say give and let die. Gum, gum. Give and let die. I don't want to make any predictions, but I have the sneaking suspicion 
that by the time we stop recording today, we'll have finished book three. Wow. I have a feeling. I suspect it as much, but it is... It's exciting to know that that's definitely possible. Yeah. <laughs> right, and you might be saying, "Oh, come on, spoiler alert!" I, I didn't know that's going to happen. I, I'm not guaranteeing it. And what does it mean? Well, it means we start a new chapter. But a lot is going to depend on the decisions that are made by every single character: Baron, Nestor, Pembroke, Viraza, Sir Will. Lork, Theron, and Aram, and of course, Brander. So we finished last week with this vision of Sir Will making a connection that Brander was this Dr. Forsythe. A special school for halflings. Well, we know Will never went to that school. Will went on to become a possibly someday great knight. But what happened in between? I imagine Emmett Keswick, Sophia Keswick, and a young boy that is not Sir Will and is not a halfling waiting patiently in like a side chamber. Emmett looks nervous. He's like squeezing his hand back and forth. Sophia still looks very upset. The door to the hallway opens and Dr. Forsyth walks out, followed slowly by little Sir Will. <laughs> well, he's not a knight yet. <laughs> That's what he called himself on the playground. <laughs> you see, I want to be a great guy someday. I said, call me Sir Will. <laughs> Get out of here, Will. <laughs> Emmett pumps up his chest proudly and walks forward. Dr. Forsyth says, I thank you for your time. This boy you rescued from certain death is very special indeed. I will confer with the other professors and we will get back to you shortly with our decision. Emmett sighs a sigh of relief. <sighs> Dr. Forsythe steps up to the other young boy, leans down, and who might you be, dear lad? The little boy speaks up. My name is Benrick. Benrick. Well, look at you. You look like a good, strong lad. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be the greatest knight in all the world. Ah, yes. Now I see where your brother gets it. Well, you look strong enough to be a knight already. And then Dr. Forsyth lays his hand atop Benrick's head to muss up his hair, hmm. letting his hand linger there just a little too long. <laughs> we come back. To the sanctuary. Oh man, oh, this guy, God. this guy. Oh. How evil do you have oh, to my be? God. As a look of horror crosses Sir Will's face when he kind of realizes everything, but at the same time can't quite put the pieces together, nothing makes sense anymore. Brander blasts his hands out. Everyone roll a will save. 
Oh, oh dear. Is it directional? There's Faraza um, up actually, in the air. Faraza is out of the thing. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Ooh, nice. Natty 18. That's a 26. 25 for Baron. Uh, 26 for Pembroke. Nice try, Brenda. 24 Nesta. Joe, just so you know, I'm not uh, fudging this. Um, can you just tell me what the uh, DC Are you kidding of this spell is? DC 27. Oh, no. Oh, no. I saw it. He pointed right at it. Oh, oh Hold wow. person mass. Oh, oh dude. Oh, okay. No, okay. So all, all right, just... this guy's a bit out of our league. I okay. <laughs> Everyone except Peraza is frozen in place. Oh, Good God. thing Peraza was out of that or she would have fallen from the sky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Peraza flies out of the cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. She falls right into the lit forge. <laughs> Why, smell <Spanish> chicken? <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay. You'll forgive me for my precautions, but there is seven, eight of you and only one of me. I'll need but a moment. Brander unbuttons his tunic, revealing a oddly strong-looking bare chest and a pendant hanging around his neck. He takes the glowing hammer of Agrimosh and strikes at the pendant, which shatters and releases a blinding light forward towards all of you. At that moment, what looks like either metal or maybe even bone starts radiating out from the broken pendant. And, yeah! And <laughs> covers Brander's body with this, like, very impressive but also very archaic-looking suit of armor wow. that, if you didn't know any better, looks to be melded directly into his body. Oh, my wow. God. He then drops the hammer to the ground. Now, dear friends, before my... He drops the hammer. Drops it, the hammer to the ground. Its work is done. Holy crap. Now, dear friends, I'm sure most, if not all of you, have business you'd like to take care of with me, but I suggest you listen to me for a moment. Contrary to what some of you may believe, I am not your enemy. In fact, most of you are here with me right now because I helped edge the wheels of fate to get you here right at this very moment. If it's the hammer you want, it's yours. I have no need for it anymore. Once I take what I came for, I will be out of your way. For now. I do warn you, however, that Trifling with me is not recommended. I have no problems destroying you, if I must. Though the prophecies have been written, they can be altered. But that need not happen. In fact, I'll even give you a gift, as it were, as a peace offering of sorts for any ill will you bear towards me. Now, he's standing at the forge. All of you, with the exception of Faraza, are clumped together to the left of the bottom of the statue where Nestor was taunting the dead body of Urathash. He walks right up to you guys, still frozen there. Oh, terrifying. And walks slowly over to Umlo. Looks up at Baron and says, Remember this, Ashpeak. I am 
not giving you the gift of life. I am giving you the gift of knowledge. Learn from it, all of you, if you will ever be leaders of men. He bends down, lays his hand on Umlo's chest, and starts an incantation. Blue and white glowing light emanate from his hand and cover Umlo's body in this strange glow that almost looks like you can see inside of Umlo's body. Flashes of like a skeleton back to the body. Flashes of a skeleton. <gasps> Umlo awakens. What? <laughs> then he slowly walks over to Della and takes the form. His body changes into a dragon. He grips Della's lifeless body in his claws and in Draconic says, Goodbye for now, my friends. And flies out of the cathedral. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh no! Wait! <laughs> Wait, no, stop. That was the beginning? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what? Oh what? what? No. Garazi, oh, no. you do get an attack if you want it. <laughs> oh no. And if you do, I'm being fully serious. You get an attack if you want it. However, <laughs> the whole person is about to wear off. And you could start a combat. I'm not going to start a combat. Okay. Though I really kind of wanted to cast, like, pox pustules on him or something, just to make his journey that much more annoying. <laughs> I hate acne! <laughs> no, Della, Della, no, Della, or no, Della, Della's dead. Um, Faraza no, obviously knows the virtues of when to fight another day. You oh, really are released from the whole person seconds later. Oh my god. Oh my god. <sighs> so Umlo's walking around now? Umlo's like looking up at you, his face completely white, blue, like. <sighs> I try to detect alignment and I also spellcraft to see what he's under right now. Can I do that? Yeah, you can roll spellcraft. And, and we'll do detect evil. Uh, Faraz is going to, to land. She's still going to say an eagle. She's also going to spellcraft. Yeah, Pembroke will as well. 12 from Bear. 23 for Faraz. 12 from Bear and 23 for, from Faraz. 20 from Pembroke. 20 from Pembroke. Faraz, this, he, first of all, does not detect as evil. Detects as Omlo. Talks as a neutral Umlo. <laughs> neutral neutral Umlo. Umlo. <laughs> he, he's Umlo. He, he's Umlo. Don't worry about it. Party Umlo. <laughs> There's only party bearing. Umlo's a drag at parties, man. He's always talking about his mithril cooking pot. <laughs> Skillet grant. Skillet uh, Faraza, you cannot figure out what this spell is that you rolled the highest that uh, Brander cast. It's not resurrection, though. You know that. But you don't know what spell he cast. Can I do, like, a heal check to see if he's actually alive or if this is temporary or sure, something like that? Sure, sure. 
<laughs> with her eagle eyes. Yeah. And her ta- she like pokes at him with her talons. <laughs> she just lands on his chest. <laughs> Uh, 25. 25. Sir Will is like a bird. It has landed on, on his body. <laughs> Shoot, get, away, get, get away from here, bird. With a 25, you know he is alive, uh, but you can't. That's all That's all you can figure out. He's, he's definitely alive. He's not detecting his evil, but you cannot figure out what this spell is. It's, it's certainly not a druidic spell. Wish. Uh, Pembroke kind of like waddles over, and Nestor shakily kind of pulls himself up from the base of the statue and like kind of walks staggers over and like looks down and says no this cannot this can't this can't be is that you is it really you who's on one I'm on one <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we didn't talk we didn't discuss because he was dead yes it's it's me Oh, my sister. We were together in the halls of Torak. Why would you bring me back? Why? Who did this? Brander did it, Umlo. Brander. I don't understand. What did he say? Why me? He said he wanted to give us a gift. Not of life but of knowledge. I don't understand. He reaches down his chest and, like, the blade holes have all closed up. Can we get a sense from the heel check, like, if he's at full hit points or if he's at just, like, one hit point? Or uh, I know that's mechanics, but, like, is he, like, fully vital? He, from Della's heel check, uh, one thing I could have told you, Della, don't For rather than real, excuse me. Oh, you monster! You monster! <laughs> Sorry, she's still new to the show. Uh, is that uh, he? Ha- he's not at the same level that he used to be. He has uh, uh, negative levels. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Just what Umlo needed. <laughs> A couple yeah. negative levels. He'll be fine. So, uh, but yeah, so he looks weaker. So he's no longer a cleric. Baron says. I don't know what knowledge he particularly wanted us to have, but the knowledge I'm getting from this is that there's a life hereafter. And you saw your sister. Tell me, what was it like? It was glorious. I mean, sure, I was a decent fighter back in the day before I'd retired and became a cook, but I was not a great fighter. I never fought the battles that we fought on this journey. But still... Torag let me in his halls. And she was there. And it was glorious. Do you still want to be here on this mortal plane? Though this Brander was the one that brought me back, I believe that perhaps Torag has other plans for me. And I'm here for a reason. <laughs> uh, Baron reaches into his duster, pulls out his pistol, and says, I'm going to let you decide. Just pull the trigger. No, no, ne- Nessa comes over and says, No, 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 mate, it's not a mistake to make a decision like that. Put that away. You're probably right. Sheriff, please. You're thinking crazy. I'm also. It's a gift. We've been given a, a great gift. I just can't trust it. 
when it's coming from Brander. I, I don't know what this means. I'm also not proficient in firearms. Um, yeah, he probably missed. <laughs> I'm no. I'm no. I'm sorry. I'm genuinely sorry that we dragged you from, or that whoever dragged you from the great hereafter, but I cannot tell you how happy I am that you are back. And if you look like Nestor looks genuinely happy, like for the first time, like in a while. Like he was devastated like, yeah. when he went down. Yeah. So I'm very, very happy that you're back with us, Mike. And he like leans down and like kind of like pats him on the shoulder. Homo just nods, still kind of out of it. I echo his words, Amlo. We are so happy to see you again. He uh, eagerly hops off of Lexington uh, and, and helps him back up. He stands up. He's like, you must tell me all and more of what happened since my fall. I wish I had more precious and meaningful words to give you now that I've seen the hereafter, but give me time and hopefully I can impart some wisdom of what I've learned. Faraza is going to uh, unwild shape back into her humanoid form, um, and she's going to go over to check out the hammer. Ah, mm. hello, my friends. Hello, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, can she spellcraft the hammer? Uh, yes. Yes, she can. 20. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. <laughs> Remember try. the last person to spellcraft the hammer? Well, actually, was it one Gormley call? One Gormley call, and all she knew it was the most powerful uh, level, uh, powerful item that Gormley had ever seen. DC forty to figure out. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, wow. So I was going to automatically fail that. But however, you can detect the magic of the forge. Ooh. Farron slowly ambles past all of you and just kind of looks at you guys like are you going to attack me you're safe Ferran I, I am overwhelmed by everything that's happened I do not know what to do but I tell you this I am not your enemy I am not with him and I promise I will be the keeper of the forge for you if you will have me and we will turn around this place from a worship of evil gods to a worship of good sense motive sure sir will turn to baron can we bless this place in the name of torag this become a forge of torag it feels right to me. I I don't think traditionally giants are Torag worshippers in all candor, but if she has a pure heart, and I'm feeling a pure heart when I sense her alignment. I think she could be exactly what we need. What do you say, Farron? Together, perhaps we can make Minderhall's cathedral rise to power again. But in the name of Torak. Yes. <laughs> and Iomade. Yes. yes. And Shaylin. Yes. And Steve. Steve, most of all. <laughs> <laughs> she, That's awesome. She walks over to the forge. And she says she knew things pointing towards Atena. 
She knew things about this place, about this forge. But she always spoke in riddles. You, she points to Nestor. You and poor Della prayed at the altar. That is an evil act. But I believe the altar has rewarded you for it. Mechanically speaking, mm. you and Della would have got this as well. Get a permanent plus two to sense motive. Ooh. And to craft checks. Oh, and nice. old Jolter gains the unholy property. Oh, holy, holy, holy. Wow. Oh, my God. Do you know what unholy is? It's electric and unholy? Yeah. I just assume it's the same thing as holy. Unholy weapon is imbued with unholy power. This power makes the weapon evil aligned and thus bypasses the corresponding damage reduction. It deals an extra 2d6 points of damage against all creatures of good alignment. Oh, wow. 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 It bestows one permanent negative level on any good creature attempting to wield it. Wow. <laughs> just, just throw it like hot potato at someone. <laughs> yeah, catch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, hold you this th- for a moment. You think you can, <laughs> beat, me? You think you can beat me? Take your best shot. <laughs> well, if we didn't, if we weren't 100% sure before that Nestor could instantaneously kill Sir Will. Now, now we know. Yeah, yeah. Now we know for sure. <laughs> wow. That's a paladin killer right there. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Righteous might my ass. <laughs> yeah. You get right through that. DR5 evil. Yep. She, she walks over to the forge and she says this. This is unbelievable. This is now a working forge and I'm sure I'm not the only one that detects the great magic coming from it. She looks to Pembroke, she looks to Peraza, Sir Will, Baron, Aram. This can now create magical weapons, magical armor, magical shields. It itself possesses the craft magic arms and armor feet. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Great. Huh. If someone already has that feat, it grants a plus five circumstance bonus on the craft checks wow. needed to create any wow. magical weapon, armor, or shield. This has great power. She would speak of things, and only now do I understand what she meant. There are innate charges within this forge you could gain the strength of a ball you could make a non-magical weapon imbued with the power of magic (laughs) (laughs) Grant shooting the sky he's doing shooty motions with his fingers you can (laughs) you can make something whole that was broken Mm. you can fabricate something can make a major creation. <laughs> Is she like Billy Mays selling us like an infomercial? <laughs> what you did, Faraza, to Atena, it can do stone shape. Oh? What Orathash had to protect him and keep him alive for so long. Stone skin. Stone skin. It can also give you an iron body. Is that what Brander? Is that what Brander did? I do not know. No, no, I don't believe so. What he did was something quite dark and ancient. Hmm. 
And lastly, it can turn stone itself. Into gold? Into flesh. Ah, stone to flesh, yes. Mechanically, Minderhall's Forge has ten charges, which renew at the beginning of each day. (laughs) A creature using Minderhall's Forge can expend the listed number of charges to activate one of the following spell-like abilities as a full-round action, which can affect all targets within ten feet of the forge. Full-strength magic weapon and make whole, one charge. Fabricate, major creation, stone shape, stone skin, three charges. Iron body and stone to flesh, five charges. Wow. And, again, this is for mechanical purposes, uh, the, the forge itself has... Uh, caster level of twenty, so it lasts. As oh long my god! As that. <laughs> wow. So, so hold on a second. What does this mean, like metagaming wise? Is it like it means we, we can bring build people, an army? Yeah, we bring yeah. people to the forge and and either tell them to bend the knee or kill them on the spot <laughs> with like all like souped up. No, it means we can build an army to, ra- to we can raise an army against Volstis and have and arm them and equip them for battle. Yeah, but all it's this giant. stuff is only temporary, right? Well, except like the magic or... weapons. Like, if we wanted to make magic weapons. Magic weapons. Or, like, the, oh, sto- crafting, yeah. the yeah. stone to flesh. I mean, we could have an army of golems. Wow. You know, you can also... I mean, obviously, it only lasts as long as it lasts, but some of those spells last for hours. But once Pembroke gets teleport, wherever you guys are, yeah. come here quick, go back into the battle. Yeah, oh, that's totally that true. so cool! <laughs> and Farron has offered herself to be the Keeper of the Forge. What does that mean, the Keeper of the Forge? Just somebody has to stay and, and stoke the fires right. kind of thing? I mean, she's basically saying she will stay here for centuries. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And, and I love this idea of, like, making this cathedral a cathedral of Torag and Iomade and Shaylin. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and Steve. And Steve. And Steve. Yeah, don't forget Steve. Now, the tools, do we have to use... That hammer was that only for like Brander's thing? Like, can we use like Torag based dwarven tools, or is the hammer a part of the forge um, for the the purposes of imbuing this stuff? You can use normal um, tools. Crafting, crafting tools. tools. Okay, but that but it's a good question. If you ask that to her in character, yep, she wonders about that as well, and she says, "So will do you trust me?" I do, yes. Come here and remove your armor. Umlo, would you help me? I haven't done this in a long time. And Sir Will is completely exhausted from all of this, so it's like it's such a relief. to, And he's dirty, he's blood and cut up and everything, so just to get this armor off, it's like, ah. He's I thought you were going to say he's completely naked under the armor. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's got a shirt on that says, I went to Minderhall's Valley and all I got with this t-shirt. <laughs> he, uh, he, yeah, it slowly pulls all the armor off uh, and then walks over to her. She says, I, I never believed that it could happen, but I wonder. Help me remove Atena's armor. So, you and Umlo mm-hmm. and Ferrin take off this magical chainmail off of Atena. Just lay it upon the forge, Sir Will. Right in the fire. Right in the fire? Yes. 
right there on the on the anvil. All right, so he puts it on the anvil. She picks up Agrimash and hands it to you, Sir Will. It says, "Strike it in the name of Iomate." Uh, wow. All right, Sir Will will say a prayer and then strike it. So Sir Will just in Iomade's name. And the armor resizes on the forge to that of halflings. Oh, wow. (laughs) Holy crap. Awesome. Wow. I can't believe this. Wait, we must try something else. Give me a a giant's weapon. Grabs Urethash's hammer. Uh, Baron, you strike the hammer. Says a prayer to Torag, keeper of the forge. Clang! Clang! Struck in the name of Torag, and Urthash's large magical warhammer resizes to a medium magical. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> this I love it. Oh. This is the power of Agrimash. <laughs> this is the power that has been lost for centuries, and now it has returned to its rightful home. We will consecrate this place, and we will create all that we need to make the world a safe place for giants and small folk. Hear, hear. Now there is the problem of all of the armies outside. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) The fighting pits, the families, the random giants that just don't get along, that have yet to be pushed forward into Urathash's camp or moved on to other camps. I want you to know there are good giants out there. Like me. They may be misguided, but they're not all bad. When word reaches them of Urathash's demise, they will eventually leave the valley. We will need to protect the cathedral, keep them out clean it, consecrate it, and somehow spread word about the camps of Urathash's death. What do you suggest we do? We cannot turn them to our side. With Urathash's death, we cannot convince them. Giants are very insular people. They stick with their own kind. Getting them to work even among themselves is hard. Getting them to work with other giants of different kinds is hard. Getting them to work for small folk. While this, uh, it's not gonna happen. While this conversation is happening, Nestor walks over to Urthash's body and just starts hacking away at his neck, sawing his head off. Oh my Jesus God! Christ. <laughs> like, ugh, like pulls ripping tendons, ugh. ligaments, and like. Tosses the head towards the rest of the party. Say, "Yeah, show him that." <laughs> As unsavory a decision, he may be on to something. You've Having also got a dragon, my friends. You have defeated a dragon. Yeah, there's a. There's oh a yes, there's a dragon body over there. <laughs> there, are, there are literally bodies everywhere. <laughs> yes, perhaps these, for lack of a better word, trophies might be enough to let people know. I'm not sure how. You see, you, you, you just hear, I show them the head, they'll listen. And oh. up in the choir loft, oh. you see Lork 
on, oh. his, on his stomach, oh. sweating profusely. Crawled all the way in? Crawled wow. all the way in. Near the choir loft. I don't think he went up there and waited. He went from the outside. Right, right. The choir loft is He went in the side door. Yeah, oh, okay. Below the choir loft. <laughs> okay, so he comes in the side door. Yeah. But anyway, he's, he's on his, he uh, his stomach. He took stairs like a champion. He kind of <laughs> takes to, uh, yeah, to, comes up on his knees and is just like huffing and puffing and is just like, show it to him. They'll listen. Roll a perception check, Lork. Uh, 18. Wait, no, I'm sorry. That's, uh, yeah, 18. Crawl in the door on your hands and knees. Pull yourself up on one of these giant pews with all your upper body strength, and you say that. And then you're like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three. Where's Della? Where's Della? Della? Farazza just points out the door. Della died in battle. Uh, Sir Will doesn't even know this either. You saw, she you died. saw, you saw Brander fly off yeah, with he her was, body in his, in his dragon You haven't towns. had time to process it. <laughs> you process everything that just happened. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I assumed to Sir Will he might... Uh, why would he take a dead body? I sort of assumed that she was, like, unconscious. Ah, yeah, so when you say that, Sir Will hears... Sir dead. Will is like, she's dead. You know this? I rolled an excellent off-air perception check. <laughs> and I was able to determine... No, I think... I, think, I saw the whole thing. I think we would have noticed, like, oh, her head yeah. was no, smashed. She didn't. Yeah. He caved into her, her chest with his warhammer. She didn't make it. I don't know why he Why would her. he take her body? I don't know, but she's... Like, he just kind of looks down at the ground. He's like, she's gone. Lork is like... <sighs> Lork. No. Lork, what's more? Brander has brought Umlo back from beyond the grave. Umlo, you fell. I Brander brought, brought him back. Why? We do not know. Give me ten minutes, I'll get over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Umlo goes over, maybe Baron helps to bring yep, Lork yep. up to the dais as well. And as Lork's crawling, all he, he's just thinking about Della, and he's just thinking of how uh, upset he is that he, he couldn't have, have been there to try, because he knew it was so dangerous, and he talked to her, and he knew that somebody could easily die and that it could be her. And so he's just, he wishes he could have been there. But Lork, what's more? Not only do we know that Brander can bring people back from the dead. Not only has he taken her body. Della took part in the ceremony to light the forge. She committed a truly evil act before she was taken away from us. Sir Will is like, I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that yet. Baron, when, when we find time, we must, we must pray for her soul. Soon, very soon. It won't be long before she's ushered into the gates of hell. We must prevent that from happening. He doesn't have to do it now, but he just wants to say a prayer at some point um, to pray that she can be judged uh, to go to heaven. And of course, Nestor also joined, but I'm not sure what's going on with him. He seems to be hacking away at that Urathosh's body. <laughs> kind of want to steer clear of him for a while till he cools down a bit, whispering it like in his ear so no one else can hear. Yeah. And and Lork's response is just like, "Oh well, we brought him here to be a weapon, didn't we? And that's what he is." Look at him. He 
Jr. loves it. He loves it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of XP to deal with and a lot for it to go around. I have to do the math, but I have a feeling that Pembroke and Peraza, if they don't level up, are pretty damn close. Oh, yeah, so I would yeah. think so. Hell yeah. Bring that in. I mean, Lork has some some XP as well. Obviously, you weren't involved in the fight, per se. Right. Um, you might be a little bit behind, but... <laughs> Lork, Lork, he did a lot in the uh, <laughs> last few episodes. Failed that save against Brander. <laughs> uh, so, I'll deal with that between episodes. There is a lot of loot in this room. Yeah, oh, yeah. That is very interesting. I am just going to go through the loot. <laughs> okay. Do spellcraft checks <laughs> because we had nine battles in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Our loot sheet is a fucking mess. Because <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been able to go anywhere, so all, all I've just been doing is writing things down. <laughs> we can always, uh, you know, always listen back to this later to put it in the sheet, but remember now at this point, Agrimosh has the power Whoever's wielding Agrimash and strikes in either a piece of armor or a weapon, the wield the it resizes permanently to the wielder of Agrimash. You know who must be really pissed about that? Anyone who played this adventured class and took Titan Mauler, the, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. the archetype where you like yeah. trade off all those things so you can wield giant sized <laughs> yeah. weapons. They're like, what? No! <laughs> the power of Agrimash is so strong that magic or even intelligent items are always in a, always affected. Only artifacts receive a saving throw. We have, I have to I'd have to look back, but we have a bunch of stuff we picked up that was giant sized. Absolutely. All those times you're like, what are we going to do all these giant weapons? Like, just <laughs> just save them. Just save them. Just em. wait. So let's start with the Tenna. And again, whoever decides to keep these, resize them as you will. <laughs> I keep getting them mixed up, Atena and Farron. And so for a second, I was like, we're just going to kill Farron and loot her body? <laughs> Did someone kill Farron? <laughs> a plus one flaming adamantine warhammer. Oh my Whoa. god. That's what was killing eagles left and right. Oh, wow. that's right. Right out of the gate. Well, let's resize that shit. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that That's, that's, wait, that's Orothash's or is that? No, that's a tennis. That's a tennis. Oh, we'll tennis. get to Orothash's oh, wow. Warhammer. I was just thinking about making my next character a giant, though, Troy. Uh, so can we not resize all of them? <laughs> so a plus one adamantine flaming warhammer. Plus two, the the, the one that, are, that will already resize is plus two light fortification chainmail. Wow. That is now halfling size, but if somebody else wants it, resize it up to medium. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, in terms of like little other things she has, I'm pretty sure uh, she has just a stone unholy symbol of Minderhall that looks to be a thousand years old. Mm. Millennia. Oh, smash so it. cool. Yeah. Smash it, smashy, smashy. Pembroke picks it up. He's quite interested in it. Oh, yeah, I bet. From a, from a scholarly point of view, he's, he's very interested. You know who would love it? Who? Gormley. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she would. Maybe you can revisit her grave someday and put it next to her tombstone. Yes. It's thereby, really useful to her now. Thereby cursing her grave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Morag. Remember the two-headed troll? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. About seven months ago? Yeah. He's got two Masterwork Scimitars. Oh. Well, he's the one that did in Razzmatazz, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Stone Giants, they just have great clubs. Nothing too fancy. The Dragon is a dragon. You already stole all of his treasure. Um, <laughs> so all that's really left 
is Orthash. 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 Orthash has a plus one Warhammer. Not as good as the tennis. Oh. A cold iron dagger. Dagger. Silver dagger. Masterwork artisan tools connected to armor and weapons. Ah. That'll help uh, someone who takes the craft skill. A spell component pouch. Also a stone unholy symbol of Minderhall. Ten gold pieces. So sad. (laughs) He's a man of the cloth. He doesn't have a large salary. (laughs) He was wearing wearing a masterwork breastplate. He also has a scroll of prayer. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, wow. Okay. And two other things. These stone giants that came in with him had big bags, remember? Full of boulders? Yeah. Yeah. One of them is a magical boulder bag. Oh. Hmm. I've always wanted one of those. Well, (laughs) you got one. (laughs) This immense bag is always full of hefty, good-sized rocks and can be carried over the shoulder or left on the belt of a large or larger creature, though doing so does not take up an item slot. On a swift action, a larger, larger creature wearing the boulder bag can reach into the bag and pull out a rock two size categories smaller than itself that's suitable for the rock-throwing ability. Don't know if it's going to help you guys too much. Golem shapes or will. Stone gets large, has a bag of rocks on his thing, just wham, wham, wham. Could we ask Farron to uh, like be and like kind of an operative for us and like take something like like this bag and sell it to giants and like take a cut and give us some money so we can get value for the bag it's not impossible but i just don't know how many giants are going to well there's all these camps out there i would surely we could sell someone who just thinks it's cool we got to go to shitterman's uh fortune and sell them an endless bag of rocks so they can rebuild their town that's true yeah Yeah. all right fair enough (laughs) I just, I just That's actually a really nice gesture. Yeah. Grant, you'll you sell it to them for the low, low price <laughs> of half its worth. Grant, are you ready for the Inquisitor item? <gasps> oh. Item worth about 10,000 gold pieces. What? Is known as a Bane Baldric. Oh. This mm. ornate sash of embroidered velvet stretches across the chest from shoulder to waist. If the wearer is an Inquisitor, she is treated as five levels higher when using her Bane and Greater Bane abilities. Wow. Oh, my God. If the wearer is not an Inquisitor, she gains the Bane ability of a fifth-level Inquisitor, but must first attune a light or one-handed melee weapon to the Baldric by hanging it from the cloth for 24 hours and can only use the Bane ability with that attuned weapon. Yeah, I actually don't have Bane yet, so I think I would have to treat it. Fifth level's when it starts? I believe so. Yeah, might want to hold on to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, you can use it now anyway. Cause yeah, because yeah, it'll probably treat me like. Are you level, level three? Level two now. Level three. Level three. Ooh, you're yeah. closing in. So it'll probably treat me like a normal character that isn't an Inquisitor, and I can hang right. something on it. Right. Until I get the until you get the level. Yeah. Uh, I. <laughs> we, I think we've kind of forgotten. Feyrazo is standing there as well, Hello, out of friends. nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Uh, Sir Will just wanted to to go over and just sort of. Uh, with some some level of like ceremony, kind of like put his hand to his chest and just say, "My lady, I do not know you well, but it is, but you saved our lives. Without your coming at this particular time in this particular place, we could not have survived this battle. 
I, I owe you my life. And he, like, very, um, very ceremoniously, like, takes a knee and, and bows to her. It is nothing, my friends. I owed it to the, the older gentleman and to our footless friend over there for leaving them behind. But I've been following you ever since. It is very good to see you again, my friend. And he gives her a greeting in ancient Assyriani. And she responds. And says, it's good fields, to see you hale and healthy. Yes. May your fields be flooded in the rainy season. And may the gleaming light of the pyramids shine upon your very footsteps. Wow. That's dope. He's, he's That's so the best. Good. <laughs> so, say, so say we all. <laughs> so say we all. Um, but yeah, Faraza is well, probably wants to. She'll just kind of tell you why she's here because it never really came up when she met up with Pembroke. Um, but you know, she unwraps her headscarf and she reveals the the uh, the brambled the bramble branches hair she has right, oh. right and reveals herself as an Asimar, which I don't oh. know that if you guys know. This I don't yet. think we I don't knew think the that. characters knew that. Lork gasps. Yeah. <gasps> Uh, at a young age, my powers began to manifest, and it was and I was brought in front of the elders of my community and told that I was the scion of a deity, and yet not as they said, the chosen one. They said, far in a faraway land, there existed another child, one they called the chosen one, and he would help to save the world from a great threat. And once I came of age. I came to find him, to assist him in this journey, in this mission. They told me to search in the, t- the, t- the little town of Trunau, and that his name was Pudir. Mm. Oh. Whoa. Wow. Take that back, Matthew, in layman's terms. Ooh. Whoa. So, Faraza is an Asimar, so she is, you know, in the bloodline of a deity. Um... But she knew of another Asimar that was the chosen one who was supposed to be the, lead, the great leader or the, you know, the, the savior of the world from a great and apocalyptic threat. And she knew his name was Pudir and for how somehow he had ended up in a town called Trunau. And that's what they had discovered through their, their searching. And this is the name of the boy that Lork killed yeah. <laughs> in Trunau. And so he hears this and immediately is like, his stomach drops out yeah. from under him. He, like, he no wonder. He doesn't say anything. He's just, like, completely shocked. It's also the name of, of Brander's companion in the flashback when he was looking at the hieroglyphics. Right. Who, so, who this was, that was his father. Right. Right. He right, said, right. your wife is with child, right? right so Brander yeah. was already on to this, the one yeah. that was supposed to come. It's like he's herding these, following these people with this destiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Brander the source of the curse on Lork? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or is Lork the source of the, of the curse on Lork? He killed yeah. the chosen one. He killed the chosen one. Holy shit. Yeah. Does Lork say anything or just buttons up? No, he just buttons up. He's wow. not going to say anything. I, I will tell you, as a player, I intend to tell her at some point. I mean, at this moment, he's, he is completely shocked, and he's going to play it like, better to say nothing right now, because I don't want her to like kill me or go away. And... Baron not noticing your reticence to speak. He's just, he's picked up by the idea of an Asimar. This is a novel thing. He's read about them. He knows he's never met one in person. And he says, this bodes well for us. This is the first bit of good news we've had in a while. We've stepped into the jaws of hell, and yet we have a little drop of the celestial here with us. I welcome you, Faraza. I thank you. And 
I know that journeys are long, and the time is short. But if you, the Sheriff of Trunau, as I am taken, taken to believe by your badge, <laughs> might at one point escort me back to the town so that I may search for Pudir, I would be in your debt. Ab- absolutely. We'll introduce you to the town leadership. We'll have top men on it. I honestly oh thought you were going to say, do you need a new little deputy? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was where he was going also. So, the, Matthew, that's the badge is gone. The position's retired. Uh, <laughs> the position's retired. <laughs> Sir Will is... Hanging a jersey from the rafters. <laughs> yeah, Sir Will, what's going on Sir with Sir Will is starstruck. Like, he was just, like, honoring a, a woman who he felt was had this presence about her of a hero, right? And and had done this great deed of, of good to help them. And so he, he wanted to honor her. Well, as soon as he sees this, and, and then and then he knows, right? She, she says it, and she, he knows that she's divine, mm-hmm. that she's Asamar, that she is celestial, and he can feel it, and he's like completely starstruck. It's like being around an angel to mm-hmm. him. He's never been around an Asamar before. Yeah. Uh, maybe there were like Asamars in the Knights of Ozum that like were higher ranked and he never like interacted with, but he heard about. Uh, and in this case, it's like, whoa, like that's a, it's a big deal for him. And he's, so he's going fanboy, but he's like trying to not <laughs> yeah. uh, lose his cool. I also think he's got other things on his mind besides that. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, so if that thing that I'm telling you that he's recognizing in that moment, that little flashback there, is he has he put the pieces together yet? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I think that the. I mean, for him to just remember that Brander like put his hand on Benrick's head for like a little too long, I think it's a bit of a stretch. You know, because this is years ago. This is a decade or more ago mm-hmm. to like put that together, right on the spot. I don't think so. But he's definitely more less on Benrick. He's more focusing on this fear that. Brander was in his life at some point manipulating something. And so I think very soon he's going to make the connection. I just don't think he's making it right this moment. Mm. But he's definitely fearful, I mean, as much as he can be, uh, that he has been manipulated, that his family has been manipulated in the same way that, you know, well, I guess he doesn't really know Glarus has been manipulated yet, so that has to come up too. There's a lot going on among all of our characters right now. There's a lot going on. My favorite game. (laughs) (laughs) It is is so good. It's great. So I I imagine Umlo just sitting there, still kind of going through what it means to have come back from the dead, and he's flexing his hand back and forth. The steel hand. He says, Who? Who is going to take it? I can see you probably didn't have time. But you made a promise to me when I struck my own hand off that if I fell, one of you would take it. Who among you was going to do the deed? Sir Will steps forward. He says, very nervous, very, like, uncomfortable. Not confident at all. He's like, I swore an oath. I swore an oath, Amlo. It was me. I said if you fell, I would take the hand. I will honor that promise should you wish it. You have given your life to this cause. I can ask you to go no further. But for me, Dr. Forsythe has, or Brander, whatever you call him, has taken Della. 
and I will not rest until he comes to justice. My fight goes on, and I will happily honor my side of the bargain and take the hand should you wish it. Baron says, I can think of no better way to consecrate a temple devoted to Torag, Iomadai, and Shalin than to have the joining of the small folks' lines in one person. And just like my ancestor, I will stand by the steel hand and this time make sure we achieve absolute victory. Yeah, Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's yours. You earned it. You've worn it well. You do it or not. We wouldn't. It's yours. Thank you, Sir Will. Baron. And Nestor, I know I always haven't been kind to you, but I know you have my best interests in heart. Thank you, all of you. What is that? And he points at, like, a little piece of paper that fell from the sash that, Bra- oh. um, that Baron picked up off of Urathash. You pick it up, Baron? Yeah, it's, I, pick uh, it up. I pick it up. It's a note written in Giant. Mm-hmm. Do you read Giant? Uh, I took Giant, I believe. I know a little Giant. Yeah, I know a little Giant. <laughs> Conversational Giant. Uh, I just go to my background. It's on his resume. <laughs> he knows... I Where can is understand the it, but I, <laughs> in giant, <laughs> I can understand it when people say it, talk to me, but I don't. It's, I can't it's so speak fast, it back. though, when they when they <laughs> speak, yeah, they, like, they so speak fast. giant so fast. Yeah, yeah. I took the point in linguistics to get it. Two points. It says, "Dear Earthash, the package arrives safely at Skiergard. What? We will let S know what you have done. S like." Mm-hmm. Like with a period or something? Mm-hmm. Not ESS? No, S. Not the river esque? No. Okay, good. Um, do I know where Skarsgård is? I'm not done. Oh, sorry. Skarsgård. <laughs> yes. Skarsgård is there. Uh, Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah. I don't Still know where he is either. <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal? It's signed X and N, the letters. X period and N. Oh. Xavolstis? Now as for... Xavolstis? <laughs> 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 As for Skarsgård, or rather, Skirgard. Skirgard, yeah. <laughs> Does any I'm Skarsgård? <laughs> I have knowledge of geography. Well, more importantly, do any of you remember anything about Skirgard? We have those maps from upstairs. We could read those, couldn't we? we? Sure if I'm not, do. If I'm not uh. mistaken, was Skirgard the village of frost giants, like north of here? Mm-hmm. Uh, that does sound Nordic. Yes. Where the no. armed the armed giants were heading that way, right? I actually think to it's be tested south of here. Oh, it is? Uh, okay. It is south, technically. Um, but yeah, you guys found that stuff in the middle tower. I think it was the... Was it the room with the cyclops and the rucks? I think so. Yeah. Was it the... Yeah. It was the rucks, yeah. Oh, that's the one. It was the like rucks. a big meeting room. And there yeah, were it was a big, like, everywhere. giant, like, round table. And then there was, like, a bedroom right upstairs. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, we found it right around there. Yeah. And then the top floor was where we fought the dragon. Right. Yeah, you found in that, like, trophy room, there were maps and drawings on the walls detailing the whole surrounding region, including Minderhals Valley and the location of other giant strongholds within the Minespin Mountains. And one of the diagrams depicted a huge castle floating on a cloud. That's right. Yeah, I do. I do now, yeah. But you couldn't quite tell, like, how accurate some of this stuff was. They don't have a Tom Exposition, a professional cartographer in the group, to uh, (laughs) map things out exactly. 
But the one thing you learned when later on, I think it was when you were up, after you defeated the dragon, you had a, actually had a chance to like look over this stuff. And you got to comb through the documents and the maps. And first and foremost, you realize that Minderhall's Valley was just a recruiting station for Volstice's armies. Borathash, as lieutenant, was evaluating the new conscripts here and sending the most promising recruits to a frost giant village named Skirga. <laughs> Great. For additional oh. training. Oh my They're going to be martial arts masters, too? Oh, no. <laughs> and one of the maps on the wall. Stone giant brawlers. Oh, oh no. no. Just switching feats left and right. <laughs> oh. One of the maps on the wall pinpointed the exact location of the training camp. And it was about 150 miles southwest of the Cathedral of Minderhall. I will say, when we found that, if you said, do you think you'd be at Skiergard at episode 130, I'd be like, yep. I mean, definitely by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny. It was what was the episode in Red Lake Fort where you first heard about the cathedral? Uh, oh, I mean, that who, was. I mean, uh, who knows? But was it? <laughs> There's no way to find out. We found we found the <laughs> letter no on her, on uh, what's her name's body. Gristlecrack. 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 The love letter. The love letter. The yeah. Failed love letter. Yeah. Was it around then? I mean, it was somewhere in that room. Maybe the room before you got to her. I think you found things like yeah. oh, a cathedral. Before. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, I'm just thinking about the beauty that could have been Grenzeltek's wedding to the Storm Direct <laughs> in this very cathedral, walking down the aisle, her it's father proudly carrying her down. It would have been resplendent. We'll put bows on every pew. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. So much going on, and now you know that if, if Urathash is one of the lieutenants... By the way, we have so much has been happening. Don't forget that Urathash, in his speech when he came in, was like, to hell with Volstice. I don't think that despot understands the true power of Minderhall. I'll help him out. I'll send him his little recruits. But in my mind, I am going to lead the revolution in uh, Minderhall's yeah. name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to... I didn't want to overdo Sir Will's smite evil speech, but I kind of wanted to, to bring that up, and it was just kind of what I touched on. And, like, you know, you think you're so big, but you are very small in the eyes of the gods. And one of the things I wanted to touch on is, like, you're not going to do this great thing that you think you're going to do. You know, you're you're nothing, and we're going to take you out. That, that was one of the things he was trying to get at. Was like everybody wants to like top each other, you know. And Sir Will, he just he hates that kind of attitude because he likes teamwork, working together, doing things together. You know, he would understand an evil team that was working together to force their will on people. But when even within their own clans, they're working to one up each other. He he hates that kind of. Uh, Outlook on, on doing things But at the same time it, I think it humanizes These people too If you think about it In the other way With Screed With Grenzelvik And with Urthash These all, people all came From humble beginnings And they wanted more Out of life They wanted more And they just made They, they made the wrong decisions They chose evil And you know what That's interesting It's probably a reason That Sir Will doesn't really Understand it Because he did not come From humble beginnings He did not have a hard go of it He's had it easy all along yeah, you know, like he's had this privileged life, so he's like, no, you don't, you don't need to work your way up to anything. You just have to work together, and everything's gonna be great. Like, that's not so for people that grow up in a very different situation than Sir Will. So you you you, you figure out at this point that these giants were all being gathered here. Earthash, in spite of his faults, a good leader, brought people there. Giants from all over, and the best of the best were sent to the fighting pits, and the losers died in the pits. The winners were brought onto the army and the best of those were then sent on 
the skier guard. <laughs> wow. Destination skier guard. Wow. Lork, you left True Now in the middle of the night. Left your friends behind. Della never quite forgave you. No, hoy, she didn't. Baron, maybe still on the fence. Baron's a little more. Oh, I think Baron's come around. I, I'm very sympathetic to yeah. his. I feel like there's a price to be paid for any type of misgiving, and I feel like he's paid that price in spades. And now you know what can happen when someone doesn't forgive. Della will never have a chance to say anything to Lork. Got him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Lork, you left for a reason. The conversation you had with Cortresra. He knew of your curse. And he wanted to help you. And what did he tell you? Seek out the Skonqua. Yeah, Skonqua. In the Bloodsworn Vale, right? In Bloodsworn Vale. That's a Shuanti tribe, yeah? Yes. Sure is. Yeah. And Lork had a run-in with these guys uh, when he was with the Black Arrows. Mm. Um, Not really specifically, but just they... um, They were known as dangerous people. You kind of stayed away from them. You didn't didn't cross their lands uh, easily. Right. Yeah, the Sco- there's a lots of different... I think they're quas, right? Each one's yeah, the a qua. Yeah, each like tribe seven, is a qua, yeah. Seven qua. These are the Skon qua. Not the friendliest people, but he said, go there. Because they're involved in, like, the undead, right? They're, like... Mm. Their tribe is involved in, in undeath. Now, where you are in the Mindspin Mountains, who's got knowledge geography? Ferraza uh, does. Pembroke also does. Roll some knowledge geo. Some Nat Geo. Uh, 20 for Pembroke. Ooh. 23 for Faraza. All right, Pembroke and Faraza both know. Both saw a Nat Geo special <laughs> on the Bloodsworn Veil. Vale. Did you guys see that special on oh, yeah. Bloodsworn Veil? Vale? Um, if you decide to continue with the mission and head to Skiergard, where it seems like all, you know, barren, that's got to be exactly what you want to do. You're going to Skiergard. That's 150 miles southwest of here. Whoa. That's far. Couple things that you need to know. Finally there will be some civilization. Mm. You can stop and sell things yes. and gain information and learn more about how this giant uprising is affecting other towns mm-hmm. closer to the mine spins. Yeah. You also know that heading southwest is in the direction of Bloodsworn Vale. Oh, wow. That in fact, at a certain point, will have to continue on towards Skiergard. But if Lork wants to continue on his quest, he will need to go west to Bloodsworn Vale. Could be a day trip. Could be his death if the tribe doesn't accept him. <laughs> well, Shawanti love half-orcs, so I'm, I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to see how that Huge goes. fans. <laughs> so, I mean, the journey ahead is going to be nuts. You have been in this valley for over a month, I believe. Maybe six weeks. And now you get to get out. Travel to civilization. And Lork, you're going to have a big decision that you have to make. Because you think they're going to leave their mission to go help you do that? Depends. Maybe you can find out some more information how far are these conquas. And then you can beg of the party. Can we take like three days to go see what happens with these um, tribal maniacs? <laughs> and then we'll go to Skiergut. 
Things to think about. Things to think about. But at the end of the day, and we got to drag your ass along now. Yeah, he, and he also doesn't want to just continue to be this burden, so it's, it's hard. Can we resize a wheelbarrow to put him in so we can just kind of run along with him like it's a rickshaw? <laughs> in the meantime, it's been a long day. There is lots to still deal with here. I mean, you guys have a decision you need to make. It's not like you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, all right, let's head out. You, you guys have to figure out a plan to start sowing the seeds uh, of dissent among these giants so that they disband, so they don't raid... The cathedral. Think about this. You can't make that decision tonight. You know, Nestor cut off the head of Earthash. You've got a dragon. Maybe Peraza flies out there and just drops Earthash's head. I don't know. <laughs> and sees what happens. But, like, there might be some that are like, oh, if Earthash isn't here, I'm out of here. There might be some like, well, then I'm going to the cathedral. Things to think about. But in the meantime, correct me if I'm wrong. Everyone probably wants to rest. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Very badly. Yes. Very, very badly. <laughs> um, you want to do a sort of cursory stealth mission around the rest of the cathedral to make yeah. sure it wasn't repopulated? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll clear the area, Grog Hall, all that stuff. It wasn't. It wasn't. The bodies of some things are still there. The bodies of others aren't. Like, maybe the Grog Hall still has bodies in it, but whereas, like, the tower doesn't have the bodies, the Cyclops and the Rucks, so we cleaned those out, but maybe overconfidently didn't repopulate them. So you could take a couple hours with what little strength you have left and just secure all the entry points. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, for sure. And and before we do any sort of resting or anything, Sir Will wants to pull Baron and Umlo aside and lead a prayer to... Probably Phrasma, I would think. Oh, Beseeching the, that Phrasma for the dead. Yeah, understand yeah. that like Della's final actions in life were meant for good, were meant to bring justice to an evil creature, and that and, and, and that she should be ushered more to the heavenly side of the uh, the outer planes than than hell. Well, I think uh, yeah, I think we have to kind of beseech her. Did she remain an atheist till she died? Yeah. You basically well, she started Desna. getting into Desna because... She did... Yeah, she did pledge herself to Desna, but though yeah. whether or not more, she actually understood what that meant... Yeah, you're right. More right. So, but well, basically, to my understanding, you kind of need a sponsor from a deity to get into a positive afterlife in, in the Pathfinder universe. So we either need to ask Phrasma to kind of like take her on or we could say a separate prayer to one of our deities to say yeah no no i know it would be yeah Yeah, it would be in iomade's name and but but as far as i understand it in the pathfinder world this deity of phrasma her job is to when you die she's impartial and true neutral and she just ushers you to where you belong and i think that there might be some confusion with della and he just wants to try to say a prayer that iomade and torag will Yes, ask Faraza, for uh, for us, for uh, Farazma because they are, they're they're cool. Like Farazma's, Farazma's oh pretty cool with all the gods, good and evil. So I think that they can ask for this soul if we uh, pray hard enough. Her mm. body is being taken away yeah. by uh, beast dragon form Brander. Her soul is headed for the abyss, most likely. Right. So if you can pray. In the name of Torag and Iomade, and maybe invoking some Shailen as well for her soul, it may help. So I imagine Umlo and Baron and Sir Will just praying over it. And, Sir, and, and Umlo has been in the halls of Torag. He's seen the afterlife. And 
as the prayer ends, his eyes light up and he's like, I must stay here to protect the forge. That is why Torak brought me back. This woman, this slag giant, she is good, I know it. She will be the keeper. And I will be the protector. Hopefully you will be able to come back once this valley again, hopefully, clears out. But in the meantime, I will stay here and protect it in Torak's name and Iomade's name. I will still be your servant, but I will help keep this forge. What say you? The sturdiness of your faith is an excellent keystone upon which to build this new church. And you taught me a lesson today about never doubting divine plans we can't understand. Sorry for what happened earlier when I offered you a way out. Sir Will is going to put his hand on uh, Umlo's shoulder. He's just going to say, We have spoken of your experience in the fort and everything that we've worked on since then. Then and now, you have shown how brave you are. You are a brave dwarf, and I am honored to know you. Pembroke says, he looks troubled uh, somehow, but he says, uh, yes, well, I, I believe you will make a worthy guardian for this re-sanctified place. I, you must do what you feel is right. And Nestor says, uh, oh, mate, uh, you're a better man than I am. What you need to do is just do it. Amlo nods. Looks at all of them. Looks at Lord too. Yeah, everybody's standing around talking to Amlo. He's the center of attention. He came back from the dead. Yeah. yeah. He's seen some things. And, I mean, you all have to feel, like, confident this is a good call. You know, Farron will do what she can, but you know Amlo can handle himself in battle. And maybe... With Torag's grace, he can gain back his full strength. <laughs> can finally get him that restoration <laughs> spell. Get some strength back. So that all being said, it's time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Hey, that rhyme. Hey. Uh, you guys want to do like a watch? I mean, you, you secured everything pretty well. But, but before, you know, if we're all like gathered together, like before we um, arrange all that. Uh-huh. Um, guys like Nestor is like breaking down emotionally like you see him like he's he's just sitting there and he's just not studiously avoiding like anyone's gaze and he's just like got his head in his hands he's kind of shaking so will well I mean he, he never sees Nestor anything but supremely confident and at ease even in the most dangerous of situations so he's he's like Nestor is Something wrong. He's a, he looks up. He's, he's there's tears like in his eyes. He says, "No, mate. He's just not. You know, all these 
months that I've been looking forward to this moment. Like, it's just driven by this revenge for what happened to me. Points to his teeth, and he says, now it's like it's done. And yeah, it was like it was a thrill in the moment, but now it's, I don't know, like it's got this like, empty feeling inside. And, and he looks up at the rest of everyone else, and he's like, this is, as you can imagine, this is not an easy thing for me to say right now but you all know about my rather complicated family history the family that I was saddled with by fate was shit flat out I'll say it but you lot feel like that was the family I was given I didn't have a choice you lot feel like the family I've earned and I know I've been troubled before I've made some bad decisions but I just want to say that if you'll have me I want to stay with you and I want to see this thing through let's see yeah, take it for what it is I understand your your emotion the end of a grand quest can leave one lost but I appreciate what you say, and you should know that I will stand at your side. I know that we see things differently, and we do things a bit differently, but if we are on the side of taking out Brander, Volstis, the giants, the evil giants of Skiergard, then I will be at your side. Thank you, mate. Thank you. I thought going into this place you'd be a useful weapon and boy were you a useful weapon but you're more than just a tool I know there's a man in there beyond what we found in that jail cell and I know regardless of what's happened in the past you're paving out a road out of debt and I'm happy to take that journey with you this time not as a ward of true now but as a friend. Thank you, mate. You're shaking hands. Lork doesn't say anything. He's still pretty wary. Uh, no, she doesn't know him that well. You know, he, he uh, hasn't adventured with him. So he's, uh, he just knows he's a criminal. You know what I mean? So he's like, you never trust a criminal. Because he knows because he is a criminal. You know, and he's yeah. known criminals. Yeah. So he's just kind of like yeah, you know, they, kill cho- they kill chosen ones and everything. <laughs> he's <laughs> true. He doesn't. He doesn't say anything. He just keeps it. Keeps it quiet. Well, the other thing I was thinking about on top of this, this weight being lifted with Master. If you just think back to his archetype, he's an executioner, and executioners aren't always murderers out of cold blood. It's oftentimes just the only job they could get. And even if he's well trained and like that, I'm wondering if there's a redemptive path. I probably should have sensed motive on everything he said, but um, but I'm, I'm willing to give yeah, him good a, luck rolling against his bluff. Yeah, I know. I'm willing to uh, give him a chance. I'm still watching him whenever he goes to the loot, though. I'm telling you that much. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's an emotional, emotional day. Guys, barricade up. You want to do watches? Yeah. Who wants first yeah. watch? Uh, Sir Will will take it. Second. Oh. Second Baron. All right, so uh, middle of the night? Next, I'll take third watch. All right. Does, do druids have to rest the full eight hours like arcane spellcasters? They have to rest nine! Yes. 
<laughs> Pass. I'm sorry. Uh, there's only eight hours before the next boss battle. But I can see you guys probably <laughs> taking like 18 hours, you know. But yeah. I, just imagine how you feel. Should you sleep took, in, definitely. Sir, well, you took first watch, and you probably just like, I really wish I didn't take first watch. Yeah, I'm just falling asleep. <laughs> so the rest of you just out cold immediately. And then, Sir Will, you uh, wake up Baron, and you're just like, man, it's your turn. And you're like, on your last thing, Lexington's already out. <laughs> and I mean, you must not, you must barely get your armor off before you're, you're out before your head hits the pillow. Baron, you sit there and kind of look over everybody. You look at Farron and Umlo and think about what they're about to go into. You think about your companions, new some new, some old, and the journey you're about to go into, and you do your watch uneventful. You wake up Nestor. Nestor gets up. Nestor, you look over everyone as well. What do you do? So, Nestor, I'm going to spend one of my last two remaining bottle caps on a stealth check. Okay. 35. 35. Everyone is sleeping, so their passive perception while sleeping is even worse. I don't think anybody can beat a 35. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I can't beat it with a natural 20. Natural 20s don't succeed on skill checks, right? No, no. just uh, attacks. And, uh, even Lork, even Lork on a natural throws. 20, and yeah. he's got a high I could, get a I could get exactly 35 if I rolled a 20. How do you find your passive perception? It's just 10 plus, right? Passive yeah. perception? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, minus 25. Okay. So, yeah, no, cha- no so, chance yeah, at a 35. You, uh, you, nobody, nobody moves. So, Nesta silently pads over to Umlo, and he gets down next to him, studies him, pulls out his short sword, and performs a coup de grace on him. What? What What the... Automatic crit. Yeah. Umlo had not fully healed. So that's 32 points of damage. So he has to make a fortitude save of 10 plus the damage, though, or else he dies. Fail. You stick the sword in him, and he wakes up for a moment, not unlike what Brander did when Brander brought him back. <gasps> and looks at you. Well, as he's bleeding out, I put my hand over his mouth. Hold on. His hand's over his mouth. Yeah. Believe me, I've thought about killing every one of you lot time and again. But, in fairness, they have saved my life quite a few times. So, the way I see it, we're even. But you, I couldn't suffer you to live. You didn't see it, but I was quite upset when, when you were killed back there. I was robbed of a chance to kill you myself. Oh my god! <laughs> I love skits so much. So I'm just going to take what's mine and leave. But you, this is it for you. And I just want to be perfectly clear: 
this was because of the gutter trash remark. He twists the blade. Oh. He finishes him. Who killed Umla? And he just, you hear this like a sawing sound happening. And say so we cut to Nestor like slinking out the side door. Like, kind of like getting clear of the cathedral heading towards the dark passage and he starts very cheerfully singing so hello I must be going I came to say I cannot stay I must be going it came glad I came but all the same I must be going Chala. I'll stay a week or two I'll stay the summer through but I'm telling you I must be I would think probably the next person to wake up is Veriza. Veriza Al-Sen wakes up and you look around and something just doesn't seem right. Not a sound. First thing you notice, you don't see Nestor, but really know the guy you know he's a little shady maybe he's off peeing doing Nestor stuff doing Nestor stuff but then you notice a pool of blood near the base of the statue you follow it and you see Umlo with a gaping open wound in his chest and missing the steel hand End of book three. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next chapter. Blackout. (laughs) Epilogue. We fly over the small town of Trunau. The walls have been completely rebuilt. Looks pretty new. Looks pretty good. There's a crowd gathering in the middle of the inner quarter, right where you guys did battle months ago. Talking, talking. And you kind of go past the shoulders of these people and look at what they're looking at. They're surrounding a figure on the ground clad in just rags. It's a woman. She stands up and you see that her skin is like translucent, white, blue. She says, where is my daughter? (laughs) (laughs) Now we'll see you next week. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. God. Oh, wow. Wow. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a powerhouse and Tate production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.
In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.